Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, October 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Poland has accused the EU of putting a gun to its head when it comes to funding and the rule of law. And Russian mercenaries are accused of committing atrocities in the Central African Republic. Plus, the hit series Squid Game is the latest splash from South Korea's global wave of cultural exports. But its biggest fans have long been in Asia. Look at China. The face which gets the most requests to be copied for plastic surgery is that of Go Yun-jung. She's a 25-year-old South Korean actress. China's government isn't a fan of South Korean entertainment these days. We'll find out what that means for Korea's culture industry. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Poland's prime minister has escalated the tensions between Warsaw and Brussels. The EU and Poland have been at odds over the rule of law, and the European Commission has threatened Poland with legal and financial sanctions. Poland's prime minister, Mateusz Morawiecki, told the FT that withholding funds is unfair and that the EU is holding a gun to Poland's head. He urged Brussels to withdraw its threats. Morawiecki warned that if the European Commission starts the Third World War by withholding promised cash to Warsaw, Poland would defend its rights with any weapons that are at its disposal. The standoff has already delayed approval of Brussels' COVID-19 economic recovery package for Poland. Russian mercenaries surged into the Central African Republic at the end of last year. Locals initially welcomed them for pushing rebel insurgents out of the towns. Now, locals reported horrific stories of rape, torture, and murder at the hands of these heavily tattooed Russian private soldiers who have been linked to the Kremlin. The FT's West Africa correspondent Neil Munchi went to the CAR to find out more. Russia maintains that they only have unarmed instructors in the country. But UN officials, foreign diplomats, security officials in the country, civilians, opposition figures, and pretty much anyone else you could name, say that, in fact, the Russian fighters who are in the country, most of them are mercenaries from this network of companies called Wagner. Neil, what's the Wagner group doing there? What what are they hoping to accomplish? So according to analysts, and others who know the group well, as a sort of informal extension of the Kremlin. It allows Russia to, at very low cost, both politically and monetarily, to kind of regain some of the global sphere of influence that they had during the Cold War. And they can do it with a level of plausible deniability because they don't acknowledge, and the Central African government doesn't acknowledge, that there are any mercenaries there. And they can't be held accountable for any of the alleged human rights violations or alleged possible war crimes that the UN Human Rights Council's Working Group on Mercenaries and others have accused the mercenaries of committing. Has the government said anything in response to these mercenaries? Do they, do they want them to stay or leave? No, I mean, that's the thing. The government... Uh, Though they do not acknowledge that these mercenaries are there, there are no signs that they are disappointed with the Russian presence or that they have any plans to break off that relationship. And in fact, most people, if you talk to them from 
diplomats to the UN to security sources to civilians would say that the government stands today in a lot of ways because of the Russian presence. Neil Munchi is the FT's West Africa correspondent. Squid Game is Netflix's biggest ever series launch. Not only that, the South Korean drama helped Netflix double the number of new subscribers over the past year. But Squid Game is only one small piece of South Korea's massive pop culture export industry. The 2013 song Gangnam Style gave Westerners a taste of what consumers in Asia had been feasting on for years. There's an enormous menu of K-pop bands, video games, TV dramas, and movies. Just remember how big the film Parasite was. And now the industry's worth more than $100 billion a year. Here's the FT's Ed White. Clearly, the Korean production houses have landed on something of a recipe that really works. I mean, this is a, a mix of drama, aspiration, romance, intrigue, comedy, and, and audiences are responding to this. For the music, the groups like BTS, many people see the success in their sort of versatility. They perform songs and dances that are cross-genres, uh, pretty simple messages. All of it seems to have um, pretty broad appeal. When the Koreans have success, they are very, very good at replicating it. Now, it appears that they've found these recipes for success in gaming and in film and in TV and even in making music. Um, and they're starting to find new ways to produce them at a lower cost and at, at a scale that other people just don't seem to be able to do. Now, what this looks like in the real world is that as we speak, there are literally thousands and thousands of children, uh, teenagers, learning how to sing, how to dance, how to act, and they're in basement studios across Seoul, training their hearts out to be the next BTS or the next Blackpink or the next big K-drama star. Uh, Seoul is also creating a sort of hub where it's attracting a huge amount of talent from around Asia. So aspiring young actors and singers and dancers from Japan, Taiwan, China, Southeast Asia, they are all trying to get to Seoul to try and make it here. And this is just the same as you've seen for years and years with aspiring um, artists and actors going to Los Angeles or to Hollywood to try and make it in the US. So bigger picture, Ed, how important are pop culture exports to the overall South Korean economy? Consider the context as South Korea is, you know, it has water on three sides. It's got the heavily guarded North Korean border to the north. It's really essentially an island with fairly limited natural resources. So this industry is actually uh, becoming really quite important. Um, and it's been taken quite seriously, not just by audiences, but by investors as well. So Ed, as you've reported, China and, and really Chinese consumers have been a huge part of the success of the Korean wave. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? China has played a critical role uh, for the development of the South Korean entertainment industry. The Chinese market accounts for actually more than half of the industry's sales revenue. And that's because some of the most popular games inside China have actually been developed by Korean companies. And then there have also been really quite successful partnerships between the Korean gaming companies and some of China's biggest tech giants, like the likes of Tencent. 
Uh, there is also just a lot of spillover from the popularity of uh, the Korean entertainment groups with Chinese consumers. And this has been important also for marketing and for advertising opportunities for Korean companies generally. Korean car ads, for instance, when Hyundai has traditionally advertised in China, they'll try and use a K-pop band like the likes of BTS. And it's the same for Samsung's electronics products and many, many other products as well. So it occurs to me, Ed, that it, that this means that South Korean companies might be vulnerable to the current crackdown in China right now, right? Really, at the moment, we're still sort of surveying the damage over the past couple of months. You know, there has just been this unparalleled effort by the government under Xi Jinping in China to address what they see as these social ills. And that encompasses tech, it encompasses gaming and also entertainment industries. And so those are all key industries for the South Koreans. Um, gaming developers are probably the worst hit so far, just from a sort of monetary point of view. Uh, this isn't just an impact from the crackdown on the number of hours that uh, Chinese gamers are allowed to play online, particularly children, but it's also the, the fact that the process for licensing new games has become basically glacial. It's taken years and years, and so the opportunities for growth for these companies that have been successful traditionally, they are really starting to dwindle. And with this pressure also, you're starting to see basically the South Korean uh, entertainment companies that have traded off that, the way that the Chinese customers recognize Korean brands, that has started to be impacted as well. So the advertising opportunities for Korean pop stars, they're starting to, to slowly die off also in China. And then the other thing is, it's just in general, the you have a situation with the Chinese government and Chinese consumers really supporting more homegrown content and homegrown industries. And this is going to potentially be a much longer term impact, but one that will, it's already starting to hurt the companies, the Korean companies, but I think it's going to go for a long, a lot longer too. Ed White reports on China and Korea for the Financial Times. Before we go, we have a weather forecast for you, courtesy of Fox News. Lachlan Murdoch has invested $10 million in a bid to get Fox News to launch a 24-hour weather streaming app. Fox News is owned by Lachlan's dad, Rupert. The move comes as cable news networks are losing audiences since Donald Trump left the White House. Now, some worry about Fox's ability to report the weather accurately. Some of the network's biggest on-air personalities have questioned the threat of global warming. One of them, Tucker Carlson, called the climate change threat a liberal invention. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. 
Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.